In this episode of Order Within, I sit down with Lo Myrick, a peak performance and mindset coach. We discuss Lo's journey on personal development, overcoming struggles with body dysmorphia, taking personal responsibility, and the impact of Psych K. Our discussion covers the harmful effects of hustle culture and the necessity and benefits of self-love, compassion, rest, and the concept of inner glow. We also discuss impactful strategies such as affirmation, meditation, and taking control of one's thoughts to improve well-being and performance with an emphasis on being proactive rather than reactive. So let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to Order Within, navigating a world of endless chaos and crisis. Many of us are experiencing inner turmoil, insecurity, anxiety, fears, and isolation. These feelings are only being amplified by news cycles, social media, and never-ending political madness. How do we find our way out of the chaos? How do we find strength within ourselves? How do we find meaning in a world driven by materialism? These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Hello and welcome to Order Within. I'm your host, Brandon Ward, back with another episode. We have a fantastic guest today. Lo Myrick is joining us. She is a peak performance and mindset coach, as well as a speaker, facilitator, and consultant who helps teams and leaders prevent burnout and achieve their goals. She has been a life coach for over 10 years and has nearly 15 years of experience in the business world, transforming teams, building startups, and leading global training and development organizations. Lo, welcome. Hi, I am so excited to be here. We connected a couple weeks ago and we had, I think we're our conversation was supposed to be like 30 minutes and we talked for an hour and a half. Well, we're going to keep it, keep it real for everyone today. Don't worry. But yeah, it's, I'm just super pumped to be here. So much good stuff to dive into and this is going to be fun. I, I love it. I know it is funny. It's interesting. I have these introductory calls with a lot of the guests that come on the show and they often end up turning into these long conversations. 90 minutes is is not normally the, the case with guests, but I, it's a testament to your vibes, the work you're doing. We're also both fellow charlatans, charlatonian, charlatans. Wait. I think charlatans. Yeah. I don't know. Charlatans sounds fine. Yeah. Sh not to be mistaken as charlatans or, or shysters. <laughs> Correct. Yes. We're definitely not that. We <laughs> happen to live in the same geographical area. Charlotte, the Charlotte Metro. So that's it. Yes. It's fantastic. Which, but Lo, you're a rad human. I feel this is what I was telling you before we started the call today. I just feel very fortunate to, to be doing the show is it gives me an excuse to reach out and hang out with super dope people like you. And ideally share valuable insights for the audience so we can, based on the work you're doing, because there's so much value and tools and strategies that are out there in the world that many of us don't know about because one, our education system is kind of dog shit and they don't teach us any of this stuff in school. Hopefully that'll change in the future. And two, I just think there's a lot of misconception around personal development and the personal development of the 90s. There's a lot of this kind of woo-woo, wishy-washy. But in the last decade and more, there's a ton of brain science now, a ton of neuroscience, which is interesting for me because you, in your work, you dive into a lot of that. You're leveraging the science of the brain and the, the science of growth and these things. And one of the things that we talked about initially was Psych K. And that was for you because 
it made a big impact to you and your healing journey, didn't it? So let's start there. So before we get into that, though, let's talk a little bit about the work you do and how you're helping people. And then and we'll get into kind of the weeds there before we dive deep in. Yeah, I'll just give people a quick summary of kind of my history and working on personal development stuff. And and then that will make sense also when we talk about that a little later. But I grew up an athlete, swam and played water polo from a very young age, swam for, uh, when I was younger, and then water polo came later. And through that process of being very competitive, developed a lot of unhealthy mental habits, thoughts, beliefs, and self-talk. And over time, that really had a negative effect on me. And so even though in high school, when I'm super high performing, my self-talk was just absolute shit. And I didn't even understand that it was negative self-talk. I didn't have that, right? I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what uh, having a positive self-talk was. And I didn't understand what depression was. I didn't understand what anxiety was. We just, that wasn't talked about. And so I was just silently struggling. So it's not like I was telling people I'm struggling with this and then we tried to address it. There's just no awareness. And that carried on into college and led to a very painful and disappointing, I'm air quoting disappointing because I've reframed that whole story. But if you would look at and see how I did in high school and then how I performed in college. It's like, oh, like didn't really have it. And it's like, well, no, Mm -hmm. because I burned myself out and had a really negative mindset for eight years leading up to that. And then it's really hard to perform at a high level when you've been just like crushed under a rock of your own thoughts. That's the best way that I can say that. I thought that once I stopped competing and graduated and got a job, that everything would just be better. And I, it was probably, I don't know, six months or a year in after I had graduated college. And I was like, okay, things aren't better. Why not? Mm. And, all, and more than that, I was like, I don't know what's wrong. I just know I don't want to live like this anymore. That was my, the story that I had. And a friend of mine who was older had worked with this life coach, had really great things to say. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a shot. Started working with her. She also happened to be a psychotherapist, which was amazing. And that, like me making that decision to help myself changed the trajectory of my life. Hands down, literally was the best decision that I ever made. And at the beginning of the time working with this woman, I originally thought she is a savior. She's helping me. She's fixing me. And then it was like, I also came into the realization that she is helping me, but I had to take these steps on the path and do the work to make the change. And that's something that I think we talked about in our conversation one-on-one that I want to share with everyone too. Like you could have the best teachers in your life. Like Tony Robbins could be your personal mentor and it won't matter if you are not willing to pull back the layers on yourself and do the work. So, you know, or whatever, it doesn't have to be Tony Robbins, could be whoever you believe in or whoever your guide or coach is. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Which it could be Margaret Paul, right? That's who you just had on. And if you, if y'all haven't listened to that episode, please go listen to that episode because it's so good. (laughs) But yeah, it could be anyone. But if you're not willing to actually do the work, it doesn't matter. And that's, I love that you're talking about that 
at the top of the show, Low, because it really does come down to, and it started in your journey, you weren't even aware of the negative self-talk, the the destructive behavior. And I think what can happen, especially when we're young, I, I went to a similar thing. We're able to leverage the youthful energy that we have and plow through a lot of those mental habits until we reach a point in college or right after college. I had the same kind of a breakdown right after I graduated college and I hit the lowest point, really one of the lowest points in my life. But it was because all that energy, all that youthful stuff, all that plowing through caught up with us. And I, and yeah. as you were sharing your story, I know that there are listeners out there that can relate to that in some form or fashion. It doesn't have to be as an athlete. It could be as a high performer in terms of their, their studies and their school and whatever it is, the scholastic component of it. But athletes, another component of it, my wife struggled with a lot of that high performance components too, but it's without compassion, without nurturing who we are, it's really hard to find sustainable energy and effort in life and align with what we are. And so I think that's a great, so that's like setting the stage for you and your journey. And because you've been doing this now for over a decade yourself. Yeah. So obviously hiring a life coach changed your life. Once you started to realize though, the power isn't in the other person, the power is in you, your life really started to change. Sounds like. And we're going to talk too, because you, we, we mentioned this in our talk together, the body of dysmorphia component too, which you didn't mention in that initial story, but that's part of it too. I think that's part of the mental side of it, um, which ties back to the site K, but I'd <laughs> love to, so you're working with this life coach, you're making a lot of progress. When did you make the decision to, st I want to do this too, or what was it? She actually, I can't remember how far in I was in my time with her. It was maybe around the year mark, plus or minus, where she said, hey, I think you should check out the life coach training that I did. I think you would really enjoy it and love it. Even if you, she's like, I really do think you'd be awesome at it. Even if you don't, though, even just checking out this first segment of the training will help you learn more about yourself and expand your own personal work. She just threw it out there as a as an idea. And I was like, yeah, you know, at that point, I'm like 100 percent bought into everything. She's Let's telling go. me <laughs> like, it's working. I feel better, you know. So I was like, yeah, of course. Super cute. I'm just I'm like, I have an insatiable need and hunger to want to be better, you know, largely derived from the unhealthy part of me when I was growing up that felt like I was not never enough and I was never doing enough. Right. Mm. So it was like, I need to do more now. Thank goodness. It's a healthier space where I'm like, I'm so curious and hungry to learn and to integrate this stuff into my life. And now I do it with better balance. <laughs> so. It's such a different place, low coming from I need to do more to be more, to be valued, to be loved, to be accepted versus holy crap, I'm awesome. There's so much stuff living in me. I've got a ton of energy. I've got a ton of vision and I got to share it with the world. That's yes. expressing and emoting and giving yourself out there as opposed to seeking validation, right? And I think that's yeah. the, so many of us struggle with that because you, and go ahead. I, I was just going to say, and I can do all those things and give myself permission to rest. Because that was the other thing mm -hmm. is that I didn't feel like I could take a break and kind of coming into this body dysmorphia discussion, I felt like I could never take a day off. Um, I, I felt guilty from the t from seventh grade through, I think, until I finished my last season and senior year of high school. So like six years, essentially, I only took one day off a week. 
Like I don't, there was maybe a handful of times where I had two days off in a row for six years as a kid. And that is a lot. And in, it was like this constant, I have, I'm not doing enough. And it was just, I always felt like I had to be doing more or even if I didn't swim that day, okay, I need to go do some cross training now or something. And that bled into my life afterwards. So even though I was cleaning up a lot of my, like I learned was, I like to use this metaphor because I think it helps people. It's like I was living in a dirty fishbowl before. And when I started working with my coach, I was able to have that realization of, oh, I'm in the dirty fishbowl and then jump out of it. Right. Mm. And, and jump into a better one. But I until, love that example, by the way, that yeah. metaphor is a metaphor, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think yeah. it's a metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Someone correct us. If I'm we're sure wrong, it's an you know? analogy. I never, I can never think of it's an analogy, a metaphor. I don't know. No, that is, that's a metaphor. Analogy is, I don't know, whatever. We could have a whole English conversation, <laughs> but I'm not an expert in that. Neither am I. So the dirty fishbowl metaphor, you know, was very helpful for me, but it wasn't until I realized that a little bit later into the process, and I'm talking like years, because I still carried a lot of these deep beliefs, limiting beliefs as some people have heard them referred to. And so I was still doing that stuff. And I still had this, I was, I'd been trying to work on one of the things I was working on was my body dysmorphia of accepting my body. And still into my late 20s, I still didn't feel like I could take a day off. I was working a ton. I was traveling all the time, like over a hundred flights a year and training for triathlons. What? Why? 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 What was I trying to prove? And it's not that I was trying to make someone proud. Like at this point, it was just me. Like, but I was trying to prove to myself or to the world or the universe that I'm enough. And look at all these things that I'm doing. Okay. Why? Oh, I only got four hours of sleep last night. Or this makes me want to vomit. Like, oh, I got uh, a thousand emails last night. And oh, I've said that. Not judging anyone who's saying that there, but like we, have made our society has made hustle culture this brag this badge of honor and i did that and so i did all these things and that was just even after working on my body dysmorphia for 10 years of saying the affirmations knowing the right things there's still this underlying thing and that's when the site k came in and we can talk about in a second but i'm gonna pause because i feel like i just dumped a ton of stuff out right there Of all these things that happened to us that were so unconscious for me, I did not realize what was going on, what I was pushing myself for, that I was even really doing it. And this was a long process, right? This wasn't like, oh, I just did worked with my coach for a year. Like it was like I worked with her pretty seriously, then went through my own coach training and did other. It so we're always in evolution. There's still stuff I'm learning. There's still stuff I'm always be I'll always be learning. And like Margaret said, she's. 84 or something. She's like, I'm still learning. It too, man. I think that's, but that's the mindset component low that becomes so powerful is you realize that it's not about the destination, it's the journey. And there's always work to do, always improvements to be made, always things that we can build on, if you will, right? But at the core of that must be compassion and acceptance and love for ourselves and who we are at the core. You can't sustain by cracking the whip and being critical. And unless we take time to pause and reflect on our minds, our thoughts, and I had a guest on, which her episode's not out yet, but Chelsea Brooks, she's a fantastic therapist. She's got a great book. And she talks about in the book, 
we're not our thoughts. Like we recognizing the space between our thoughts is important because until we do that, we identify with all those things. And you in your journey were identified with whatever all these things were in your head that were flying around that you didn't even know was really there until it sounds like you started to slow down. You started to reflect because I think it's interesting too. And this is what we talked about. And this is getting into to Site K is we can do all this work. We can be in all these things because I was similar to that too, Lo. I was doing all the books and reading and meditating and all the, and the affirmations and the stickers on my mirror. And I was listening to the things. But what I wasn't doing was authentically loving myself. I wasn't providing genuine compassion. And that's what I love about Dr. Paul's work is it's about inner bonding and parenting yourself. And at the end of the day, that's what ends up changing us, isn't it? It's not the repetitive stuff. It's not the things. It's how, what are the actions that we're taking each day that shows ourselves we genuinely do care? Because that little child inside of us, that little six-year-old girl in you or whatever, she's still in there. He's still in me. And it's our movements every day that align with that little child that show ourselves we mean business. And that's done through our actions, not by repeating things mindlessly or whatever. So anyway, I love that you said that because there is a lot in there, but there's a lot that I think people can relate to because it's easy to get caught in this cycle of reading the personal development books and going to seminars and doing the workshops and blah, 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 blah. But if it's not built around compassion and love and small, simple actions, none of it sticks. And so I'd love to. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. If, if you've got. Yeah, it's like you need both. Right. It's not either or mm -hmm. you need both of those things because affirmations are and more mantras, whatever you want to call them. They are actually incredibly powerful. There's four different ways to rewrite your subconscious. And affirmations are one of them. But what most people don't realize is that you need to do a lot of them. It's not just like saying it one time a day for a week or two. You have to really ingrain it. And just this was like a little tidbit for your listeners. If you do have an uh, affirmation or mantra you're trying to ingrain or a limiting belief you're trying to rewrite, if you're using affirmations as the tool to do that, you would need to repeat that affirmation 20 to 40 times a day for a absolute minimum of two to three weeks. Could be longer depending on how deep the belief is, how ingrained it is, all of that stuff, how much other work you've done around that. Is there stuff connected to that? So that's the um, minimum. That's a minimum. Yeah. Yeah. So. so super, super powerful tool, though. The other three ways are hypnosis. Psych K is the energy psychology, which is what Psyche is a part of. There's other ways to do that as well. And then the fourth way is not really something you can control, but it's major life changes. If you, there's a death in the family or a close friend or a marriage or a birth of a child, perhaps, or just uh, like an accident, like some these like big kind of less controllable events that happen less, like those can change us at a deep level. But Psychedelics, that's not, like, low. I would put in like a hero's journey mushroom or yeah. ayahuasca journey can do that because that same type of powerful, like that's a big life event that can change our brain. Yeah. Just wanted to admit, because it's those, that's a great thing to bring up because it's these life events, but we can be intentional about some of that stuff though, can't yes. we? But yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I do think psychedelics and all of the stuff Basically, if I don't know how much you've talked about this on this pod before, but if anyone's curious, watch How to Change Your Mind on Netflix by Michael Pollan. It's incredible. He talks about MDMA and 
psilocybin and what are the other ones i can't remember but he covers a lot of them ketamine is another one too that's been coming like there's more but anyway yeah i I love this kind of stuff by the way and it's and yeah i've actually got michael Pollan's work on my list of work that i want to cover because it's so impactful so yeah you brought that up and and he started actually so i i've been following him for years he was a food guy because Right. Food guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been all around the world of food and doing all this research and trying to help people eat healthier. And he came out with this amazing book. And I remember one year, this is probably this might be like close to eight, no, probably more like 10 years ago, where he came out with this book. It's called Food Rules. And it's very small. It's very short. It's like one page per chapter, but it's all these basic rules of eat a lot of green foods, like leafy green foods shop on the outside of the grocery stores, eat meat, but not a ton of it. Mm. Like all these really basic things, but it's broken down in this book. And I bought everyone in my family, like my extended family, a copy for Christmas one year. I can like, please y'all just read this. It's so important and it's so easy too. But anyway, that's the Michael Pollan journey. But food is also a huge component of mental health of this whole journey, which I've also been on this whole gut health journey, which I know we talked about. And I think you've been more curious about too over the years. Yep. But there's so much there's so much more you can do even without even touching that. (laughs) That which is wild. I think that's what's and it's interesting, too, because I love that you brought up the affirmations piece, but the additional components to the way we can go about doing that, because what I've found is I still do affirmations, but as I've learned to nurture and care for myself in a loving way, your affirmations can shift over time. You can actually start to say, wait a second, I actually am pretty rad. I do have cool things to say or creative energy within me. And as you start to build a relationship with yourself, affirmations actually become a natural extension and expression of this new relationship that you're establishing and building with yourself. What I think the challenge sometimes, and I know you can relate to this, and I think there's many that can relate to this, is when we're super early in our journey, our healing journey, affirmations can be tough to really anchor the change that we need when we're early on because we're now trying to counter all those, the negativity and the, the kind of the darkness that we've been carrying with just basic, simple statements. And and that's not enough at the end of the day, right? There's more that we have to do, I think. But Yeah. And there are a lot of ways. Yes, it can feel very overwhelming at the beginning. And it can feel like this is just a statement and I don't connect to it at all. But if you pick two or three that you really want to integrate and you have to make them meaningful. And then I also, and this is something I learned in psych in my psych K training was there's five components to creating a powerful affirmation. It's first person, positively stated, present tense, fairly short and emotionally meaningful to mm. you, right? So if it's something like my time and inner peace are my highest priority, right? That that could be a really powerful affirmation statement for you. Or my body is beautiful and all its forms or something like that. I can't remember. There was one that really hit for me when I did my balance for my body. And but anyway, you can create an affirmation statement around anything. But when you're first on your journey, I would say pick two to three and then repeat them with meaning and intention. If you're just repeating them without the meaning and intention, it isn't going to stick. Right. But it is it is good to have like I still have like I used affirmations still, even though I have 
all of these other tools because we still need the reminders. We need to constantly be reprogramming ourselves and directing our brains. If we're not directing our brains, our brains are going to direct us and they're going to go down the negative path. So we have to, this is something I just drill into clients and in my workshops, we have to be proactive. And I know this for myself now also through through testing, not like in a scientific manner, but <laughs> if I notice if I don't do my affirmations and my meditation and journaling, and I can skip a day and it's fine, but I notice if I skip three or four in a row, I can feel it. I can feel the shift in my mood. I can feel the shift in my creativity. I can feel the shift in my performance, right? So mm. all of these things are tied together. We have to be proactive about it. Yeah, I love that. And you're spot on because it's it's easy to get caught up, I think, in the noise and find, simplifying some of those things. Like you said, just a few anchoring in them and making them a part of the daily motion and movement. The emotional component is really important because it's the rot routine. It's not a memorization like you, you can't because our brain needs the emotional component to anchor it. And that's why, as you said, those life changing events can actually help make change. Because they're huge emotional events. Having a child, yeah. getting married, a death in the family is a huge emotional swing that can, can change the direction of your life. And honestly, that's what's the reason I brought up psychedelics a couple of times is I've had similar experiences doing ayahuasca, doing mushrooms, where I had these insane emotional outpourings and spirit where it just transformed myself. <laughs> but it was terrifying when I was in it. Like, it's horrifying. Like, I, the first time I did ayahuasca low, I was in a room with other people and I was leaning over a bucket. I wasn't sure if I was going to throw up or not. And then I felt myself shatter into a thousand pieces, like on the floor. It I felt like I broke like a mirror. And I was terrified. I'm like, am I ever going to be able to come back together? And of course I did. And then it brought me through this whole journey. But that type of emotional punch, like right in the gut, is what makes those things impactful. So I love that you brought up the four components. We're already getting all kinds of little snippets for the shorts that I'm going to create off of our episode that the, yes. my tool is going to pull out and you're doing. So thank you for that. You're, it's clearly, you run workshops, I can tell, in a very efficient fashion. So I, I, I don't know. I'm like, there's so many things that we could talk about. And I do want to circle back because I, I want to circle back to your question about people who are just starting, right? I know it can feel overwhelming, but I read this beautiful quote or something about the work we do. And at the beginning, it can feel like work. And at, over time, it becomes more maintenance, right? So it's just to have faith if you're at the beginning of your journey that you are going to get to a place where it will be easier, right? You just have to keep taking the, take one step forward every day. Keep doing those things. It's so important. Again, I've been doing this stuff for almost 15 years. I still have to be proactive and I will continue to be proactive when I've been doing it 50 years, right? Like the people who have been doing this for a long time and for their whole careers, like they still do this stuff and practice it every single day, right? So make it a part of who you are, not just something you're doing, right? And know that because the way that our subconscious brain works, we do need repetition. We need the emotional connection and the repetition, right? So that's why it's important to, if you have an affirmation, you want to ingrain or re rewrite or reprogram in your brain, you do need to, the, so the subconscious brain is like a tape, right? That's why if you've ever read, like you were saying all the books and the podcasts and all the things, 
those are great. But if you just listen to them one time, you're not magically a new person, right? If nope. that were the case, everyone, we would have a bunch of millionaires and supermodels walking around. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be it's boring. About integrating that. You could listen. You could, and I've heard people say this, and I used to do this too, right? Again, having love and compassion for my younger self who just was so hungry to learn and I wanted to know more. But it's like you could literally read a book a day or listen to a podcast on a, a day on personal growth. But if you're not actually integrating that, it it doesn't matter, right? Like you might get a couple of things that stick, but it's better to take one and then break that down. Okay, what I learned from that? What are the three things that hit me? And that's what I'm going to say at the end too to people. I'll, I'll just say it now, we are throwing a lot of stuff out at you over the course of this podcast. Take two to three things, the two to three things that spark your curiosity and run with those, right? And then come back, make sure you're coming back to, okay, what now, right? Do that, do those for, again, it depends, like a couple weeks, couple months, whatever, however long you feel like you need. And then to your point, your affirmations are going to change. Like the things you're working on are going to change over time. So don't feel like you have to integrate everything right away. Pick two or three things, work on those, integrate those, and then you'll have space for more. And then you can keep just continuing that cycle. I don't know if that's helpful for people that are are starting out, but I wanted to just give a like, don't feel overwhelmed. Yeah, like it because it's easy to get overwhelmed. And I think we live in an age of information. It's you're all the there is so much accessibility. But to your point, it the way we do it is you take the long view. You have the long view in mind. It's a journey. This is a practice. You said it. That's why they call it a practice. It's a practice. It's something we do every day. And you make these micro improvements that you build on over time. And over time, if you do this bit by bit, little bit by bit, you'll look back a decade, two decades from now and not even remember or recognize who you were. I know so many people who have done this. I look back at myself and it's amazing. Like I'm not the same person. And that's not by accident. That's why I do the show. That's why I have incredible guests like you come on to talk about this because there is so much that we can do. And I think having that long view is super important, but also realizing that I think it's 20% insight, which is where the podcast, the reading, the workshops, that stuff helps. And then 80% is the tangible actions that you're taking from that insight. Because if you're just doing insight, the actions are what anchor it and there won't be any change. So that's why you said it earlier, you need both. You absolutely need both. I didn't know that early in my journey. There's a lot of people that go in there, right? Hey, yeah, no judgment to exactly, anyone. <laughs> exactly. Because it's, you've, when you felt crappy for so long and then you come into this world where you start to learn things, oh, wow, I can actually do stuff. I have talents. You feel good and you get addicted to feeling good from the things. Eventually though, once that wears off, you realize you need the tangible action and that's where you got to pivot a bit. But I think though, there's, and I want to get, I want to get back into the, to the site K piece and how that helped you low. Cause I think there's a lot of value in that. And because this is, all of us are at different stages. There is no judgment. And something that you called me out on in our initial conversation was that this, I, cause I was saying how hard the work is and you were right by calling me out because it's hard is the wrong word. It's challenging, but it's, it can be tough. But it's so fulfilling. And this, there's nothing better in life than making yourself into the version of who you desire to be at the deepest part of your being. 
That's the most fulfilling journey you can go on. I love, and Lo, I'd love for you to add some there if you can, if you want, because you yeah. called me out on it. You're the one that brought it to my attention. I, Cause I'm like, oh, it's so hard. You gotta, nobody wants to do the work. I think that's also me being a dude from West Virginia. It's like, Rah. but so anyway, I would love for you to. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love just how you said that. It was so beautiful about that. It's the most fulfilling work you can do. It is just want to bring that home to everyone working on yourself and becoming more in align with who you tr alignment with who you truly are with your higher self with god spirit source universe whatever is the most fulfilling work you can do and i called you out in a really nice way because i think it's really important i'm very intentional about the way that i speak about myself and about what i'm doing and what i want to create and cultivate because if we're telling ourselves the story that this is really hard it's going to make it even harder can I tell you a crazy story that I actually applied this to? So I like to do brain games and brain training. Oh, nice. I love those too. Yeah, like Sudoku or, or um, crossword puzzles or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I noticed I was doing my Sudoku puzzles. And in my book, it goes from easy to very hard. And I was doing all the easy medium ones and then the hard ones. And I was getting stuck on a lot of them. But it says hard on the page. So I literally crossed it out and wrote, I got this. And I started getting more of them finished. And it's just like, what See? the fuck? This is crazy. So yeah. The reframe. Yes. It's all about the reframe. It's all about the story you're telling yourself about what you're doing. And to just bring that back to the, this conversation, if you're telling yourself the work is harder or whatever it is in your life, if you're telling yourself, oh, this is so hard. It's so, ugh. if you're just complaining about it, you're actually making it 10 times harder than it needs to be. The story that you tell about yourself and about what you're doing is actually more important than whatever it is you're doing. Wow. Like, let let that, that sink, sink in. in yeah. Because you could be saying, and I gave this, I'm working with NASCAR pit crew teams right now. And we were talking about reps. And yes, of course, you need to put the reps in. And for some people, they can do, and I'm just making up these numbers, they could do 10 hours of work a week. And if they feel really good about that, or if you're in school and you study for a test and you prep for 10 hours and you feel really good about that, you're good to go. On the other hand, you could have someone who's doing the same 10 hours, but if they feel like I'm not good enough, I'm not enough, I'm not ready, right, which is where I was for a long time that 10 hours is not going to be enough for them and they are not going to have the same level of performance that the other person does. It's so much about our stories. And the same thing applies. You could do 20 hours or five hours or whatever, right? When you're getting into professional sport, there is, you don't need to like do yeah. enough, right? <laughs> same thing with school, right? There's a minimum, but just generally speaking, these beliefs and the stories we have about what we're doing is so powerful. And if we start giving that more attention and intention, everything will become so much easier. That's it. Because you're not undermining your power anymore. You're actually elevating and, and enhancing your power. And, and I think that's a symptom of not recognizing how much power we have with our perspectives, with our stories, with the way that we're feeding our minds, our thoughts. That's why awareness, self-awareness is a superpower. And just Having the ability to pause and reflect and look at what's flowing through my mind on a daily basis, what emotions are flowing in and out of my life, and just observing the, because the mistake that we often make, 
is that judgment piece. And this is what Chelsea was talking about in her book, Lo, is we we observe those thoughts, but then we judge them and we associate them with ourselves. They're like, that's not me. I don't want to be that. But we're not our thoughts. You can have terrible, wretched thoughts. I've had some horrible thoughts come into my mind throughout my life. Horrible things that I would never do, though, because you recognize that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not what I desire. I don't know where that came from. Sometimes I'm like, bro, is somebody trying to sabotage me right now? Because that was some dark, negative shit. But you're able to pull back and reflect and realize that's not me. Create space and let things go. I think the it's the challenge, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this too, because it, it ties back into your body dysmorphia and, and what Psych K did for you. Because I think the the judgment piece is hard to get away from. Judging ourselves, judging other people. I went through a, a training program called Positive Intelligence and their big core, the big is the judge. We all have this judge that's just mean and critical to us and others. And from your perspective, Lo, when you went into Psych K, was that a big part of what you had to work through was, was some of that judgment or? Um, I don't think I would have, cold. I wouldn't have named it as judgment mm. at the time. I would have to think about that a little bit. Okay, that's that's fair. Not on this podcast. (laughs) I can do a reflection on that. It probably was a little bit, but I went in because I just wanted to learn more. And I had heard this woman who had been trained in it and became a master facilitator and just hearing her talk about it and how special it was like one of those things I felt called to do, just Mm. like I felt called to do the coaching. And so when I went to my first weekend of training and which is also integration, right? It's half the people, maybe even more than that go through, don't even go on to to coach or facilitate the process for other people. They're just doing it for themselves. Mm. But it's essentially takes. So when I went in, I was just curious. I was like, I don't really know. I was in a transition phase. I had left my corporate role and this is in 2020. And I was just like giving myself some time to, okay, what do I want to do next? Do I want to go on my own? Do I want to get another job with someone? And so I was just going in open, which I try to just give myself permission to do. I don't need to go into this experience expecting anything, Mm. whether you're working with a new coach or a new therapist or you're going to go do ayahuasca or whatever, anything. It doesn't even have to be that. It could be like going on a date or going on a job interview or whatever. Yeah. Just try to go in like, open or even like we did at the beginning, just setting the intention that everything that needs to be done is going to be done. Letting go a little bit. Just letting go a little bit. Yeah, letting go. Yeah, because I used to be like, had to control control everything. Yeah. Yeah. For the people who are not watching us, it's like, just imagine like having a death grip on you on trying to control life and then it's not working. But But what's what's that quote in Star Wars where he's talking about the tighter you squeeze the galaxy, the more that they fall out of your hands. There's a song, yeah. 38 Special, shout out to my wife. She loves it, but that's what they talk about in that Hold song Hold on loosely, too. right? Exactly. There you go. Hold on loosely. That's exactly it. That's the concept. Hold on loosely to all of these things, right? Let it, because yeah. there's a wisdom and intelligence in life that that we flow with if we allow ourselves to lean into it and, and ride it. But Sorry, I interrupted you. Yes. No, no, no. I love this. I love this because there's so many little morsels here that I love that people can pick up on because everything is so connected. And if we, it's not just surface level, there's so many levels to this stuff. And there's so many levels to the journey that I've been on and that you've been on and that people listening have been on. 
and we have to acknowledge and celebrate that and it and that those are the layers right so going back to the that first weekend it, it's site like k training i they really have us integrate all of it we're doing it immediately we're doing it's called balances is what you do to really ingrain the affirmation into your subconscious and i remember they were like okay go through this list and make sure that you're aligned with all of these statements. And uh, for some of the body ones, I just was not aligned at all. And and so we we did the balance. And I remember it was something I can't remember exactly what it was, but I, it was something like I see beauty in all parts of my body or something like that, which, again, at this point, I had been working on this stuff for over 10 years. Mm. And again, writing affirmations all the time of I love my body. I'm perfect the way I am. You, whatever the affirmations were, even if I had that affirmation that I just said, I see beauty in all parts of my body, I'm sure that it wouldn't have stuck because there was this deep little voice that maybe that judge, if people relate to that, this little voice that was like, yeah, but you're still not good enough. Mm -hmm. And you're, you still need to lose 10 pounds or you're still not, don't have the right body shape or you still don't look good in a bikini or whatever. Those were just some of my thoughts. <laughs> you know, I'm sure other people have had this as well. There's lots more things that can come up for you. So yeah, I I just wanted to be clear that I've put in so much time and energy trying to reprogram that, to heal that piece of myself. And nothing, it was like it was still there, still in the back of my mind. And when I did this balance, I have never felt anything like this. It was like so much love and healing coming into me in the center of my heart. And for the rest of that day, I was going between crying, being happy, crying, being sad, releasing all of this just pressure and judgment and really negative self-talk that I'd had since I was a kid. I mean, since I was very young. And like, literally, I just couldn't. And I'm not a big crier. I wish I would could cry more. <laughs> actually now but like this day I just it was like nonstop, just so much emotion coming out that had been suppressed over years and it felt so good it was also so healing to have this experience of truly loving and accepting myself my body these physical containers that we're in that are they're so important for us and to truly accept ourselves on a soul level right it's like you can't have one without the other there are so, sacred yeah, we, vehicles. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. These sacred vehicles. And yeah, it was just, it was an incredible experience. And I've had other great experiences, both with myself and with clients now, doing different balances for not necessarily body dysmorphia. It could be. I've worked with people on that, but all kinds of things, their relationship, their self-worth, their belief about their self, depression, could be work stuff, could be like I was able to help one client get pregnant who was really struggling, right? Curiously enough, curiously enough, is that a sit phrase? Is that a, yeah. did I just something new? Okay, funny enough, <laughs> that sounds better. She had she, her issue was not trusting her body, was not listening to her body, where she you had listened to her body most of her life, but then when she wasn't able to get pregnant originally, it was like she stopped listening to her body and was like, okay, I have to do all this other stuff now. So like the disconnection from the body, what was preventing her wow. from 
from getting pregnant. So yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I've known other people that do site K and have helped people who like couldn't walk, like walk again or have healed their eyesight. That's something I'm still working on. Um, but my, my teacher healed her eyesight from being like, from applying these principles when she, she had to wear glasses or contacts and now she doesn't have to anymore. Wild. Like there's, so yeah, and I'm not saying like some people who are listening to this are like, what? This is crazy. I'm like, okay, it's not. Also, if you have ever heard of Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza, huge. And he's been doing similar work, but different. And he is like scientifically tracking all of the people that come in where they are. They come in with disorders or issues, like physical issues. And he is tracking like where they are. He's doing all these scientific tests. I don't even know fully what he does to track this. And then he's proven now like thousands of people have been able to apply these techniques that are different than what I'm talking about, but in the same, they're in the same world, right? They're in the same realm of being able to heal yourself. And he's scientifically documenting it through like, you know, testing their blood pressure and heart rate. And I don't even know what other metrics, but I go look up his stuff. It's Mm. incredible because he really does put the science behind it. And it's super powerful. There is so much healing information out there and things we can do to improve ourselves and improve our lives that we just, like you were saying, and oh, so woo woo in in the 90s or even before that, if you go into the 70s and ah, you hippies with LSD and psilocybin and stuff were coming out, right? There's just actually so much science that's catching up to all of the quote-unquote woo-woo shit that was happening and so I'm just a big believer and I'm like you know what if it works do it I don't need to have I I like to do I do like to reference science as much as I can but also sometimes stuff just works and I'm I've tried to like let go of having to know the understanding because that limits us definitely I don't know how electricity works necessarily but I'm sure glad that it does or how you know toilets and waste systems and all the things that we get to benefit from a modern society, but I, I sure as hell enjoy taking a nice poop in the morning, you know, that goes yeah. away. It's just, so it's yeah. like, or like flying. I used to fly all the time and I would have bad anxiety. And then I finally did a balance for it and it's better now. Thank goodness. So wait, Lo, before you, yeah. so when you say do a balance for it, can you maybe break yeah. that down a little bit? Cause I think we've talked about, is it tough to do like with. Yeah. It's just the process of what you do to reprogram the subconscious I within see. the construct of Psych K, right? So, so if somebody wanted to start learning Psych K, what mm-hmm. would you suggest they go to do initially? Would it be to read a book? Is it a course? Well, you have to take the course from them. Got yeah. It. This is one thing that is, you cannot read in a book. You have to like actually go through their training. I do think they have online training now that oh, you cool. can do. Well, you're a facilitator, you to, right? I'm a facilitator. Yeah. I, I don't teach you how to do it. I can facilitate you doing the balance for yourself, if that makes sense. It so does. Like, I'm not leading classes, teaching other people how to become facilitators of Site K. I am a practitioner that can help myself and clients go through the process of doing a balance to reprogram the subconscious or heal trauma or whatever else comes up. So you are able through the Psych K process to take something that you had been working on for a decade plus and basically transform it in a matter of... That balance was probably, I don't know, between five and 10 minutes. I've... I know. It's nuts. 
it's so like, crazy. And yeah, and I've had people like I've they've done like a balance in two minutes and other people they need to stay in it a little longer or they've been in maybe 30 minutes or something. But still, <laughs> when sometimes like that one for me unlocked a lot, right? Like sometimes it's deeper. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's tied to this other thing. And so like maybe we need to go another level deeper and do another. You just never know. But for me and also I it's like the pro the prepping that I did for 10 years probably also helped. Mm -hmm. That stuff that's does matter, when, right? Yeah. That's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like I had done all of this. It was like it would just needed to be released and transformed. So I fertile you know, ground. I you had been tilling the soil for 10 years, effectively. Totally, yeah. totally. So it's not going to I don't want to scare anyone with like personal development work. Like it's not going to for sure take you 10 years. It's not for sure going to take you 10 minutes either. We don't know. Could be 10 years, <laughs> could be 10 minutes. Only one way to find out. Right. That's way. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild, though. But that's it's amazing, Lo. And I'm glad that this is what's cool about the world we live in now is it's honestly the best of times and the worst of times. We're aware of all the terrible things that are happening in the world, but we're also becoming much more aware of the science behind a lot of this ancient wisdom. A lot of these things have been around for a very long time, very long time. too. Psych was developed in the 1980s, which is not like super long, like but ancient still wisdom, right? Like four but decades. Like, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, it's not new. It's not new at all. And a lot of this is based on ancient wisdom practices that we are learning about now or like a lot of the other things that are available to us, like affirmations and meditation. Meditation has been around for thousands of years, right? But being able to use it in ways and also understand, I want to clear this up for anyone listening who's never meditated before and or maybe has some kind of story uh, or belief around what meditation is. Meditation can be the simplest thing, right? One of my favorite teachers said, your life is the meditation. Mm. Anyone can go into a quiet room or put on when I'm asking earphones and meditate and follow a mantra. But can you be calm and be still in the chaos of life when shit is hitting the fan? That's the point. But meditation in itself is it, it could be a guided body meditate, body scan meditation. It could be repeating a, a mantra or an affirmation over and over again. A meditation can just be being fully present in whatever it is you're doing. So if you take a 10 minute walk and you are so present with every step and you're noticing in detail, like the trees and the leaves and the sidewalk and everything around you, right? And meditation is also not clearing your mind of any other thoughts. The goal is to get as clear as possible. But even the people who have been practicing meditation for years have random thoughts pop in, right? And it's just knowing that's okay. We can let that float away. It can come back later and it's coming back to the present moment. So really, it's just an exercise in coming back to the present moment. It, and I love that because I think when I was starting my journey early in meditation, I didn't know what it was. I was overthinking it. You think there's all these rules to it. And I think a lot of people are get, can be intimidated by it because they assume that there's a right way to meditate. And to your point, low, I found you can absolutely do guided meditations and mantra meditations where you're repeating things, you're focused on your breath. There's a tons of different strategies you can use to leverage that. But I found when I first started was simply being present and mindful of what was happening in my body feeling the mm. sensations in my body, watching how my breathing was, 
watching all the stuff fly through my mind, just being present with ourselves, just observing. That is meditation. It's just, it is. It's, yeah. but it's just being there and allowing things to be as they are, because that's where it always starts. And as I was saying earlier, we knock the, we knock ourselves out of the process when we judge that stuff. The hard part is letting it be and resetting. Understand when you, if you're just getting started with this, your mind is going to be all over the place. The Shit, world we so live in. Mine still Dude, is. I'm. You said it earlier. I, if I don't do things that I know help me have certain lists down and think tasks set up because the way my mind works, I can't relax. I can't rest. I'm anxious because I, you've got to do your thing. You got to find the things that work. And you mentioned it. I know, although you did your action items in the earlier in the show, which I love, but it's, you got to find the things that work for you. Two to three things, yes. whatever that is, whatever resonates with you. If it's the piece on meditation, great. If it's the site K piece, excellent. Pursue it. Allow that curiosity to lead you because I think we have this, especially in the world we live in now, this whole component of experts and school and authorities and all this stuff. But the ultimate authority is authority of self. And we are the deciders in our life. And what resonates with us may not resonate with others. And that's completely okay. That doesn't mean it's wrong and right. None of that. We got to let go of the binary stuff. It's so limiting. Yeah. And yeah, there's so, I, there's a million and one ways to heal and grow and evolve, right? Like you don't have to, the stuff that we're talking about might not resonate with you. There is something out there for you. Find something. That's why there's a million diet books and a million self-help books. And, or even like you told me about Margaret Paul, who I'd never heard of. And then I was listening to her on your podcast. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is stuff that I've been working on or studying for years, but with in other traditions exactly. or through other modalities or whatever, like it's all connected, right? You just have to find what works for you. And if something's working for someone and it's not working for you, that's fine. They're literally so, don't make that your thing, right? Don't make that the reason not to pursue it or not to keep doing something. Mm. I also want to come back to something you said around, there's so many thoughts. One, I want to give people a tool for that. If you just notice you're just your thoughts or you, your little hamster wheel in your head, mm. as I call it, is just running crazy. I like to brain dump, literally making a list of, and I have to do this sometimes before I meditate, right? Like, same again, this is a practice. It is. <laughs> but writing, just brain dump, literally every single thing you're thinking about. I don't care if it's, I have to brush my teeth later tonight, or I have to call this person. What if it's work stuff? It's a, if it's personal stuff, it doesn't matter. Just literally write it all down or type it in your phone, whatever works for you. Get it out of your head because when you get it out of your head and you can see it, it makes it smaller because when we just leave things bouncing around in our heads, it's like, oh, I have so much. And then I write it down. I'm like, well, that's not actually that much. I have 10, actually. That, it's not. That's actually, or sometimes it is. I might fill like 20, like 20 line items or two pages worth of stuff. Whatever, fine. Some of it's just Stuff that I can't control. So then sort it into, okay, what can you control? What can I not control? Sometimes it's just helpful to be like, there's this problem or I'm worried about my relationship with so-and-so or I'm worried about my job or whatever, right? Just again, it doesn't have to be an action item. Just whatever the thoughts are, write them down, sort them into things you can control and you can't control. 
Then of the things you can control, what has, is there something urgent? Is there something that's really important for you to do? Highlight those things and then give them a priority, right? This is just my super short list. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I have so much going on, do this exercise. It's so powerful and it will immediately make you feel better. And then you prioritize it like just give yourself like one through five, like just do the top five things and taking that action, getting yourself into action is going to make you feel so much better. And then you have your list. It's not going anywhere. I think I, I worked in a lot of startups. We didn't talk about my business background, but I've, I've done a lot in the business world and including start from zero, like three startups with three or four other people. So it was like a very small group <laughs> of us. And it was during that time that I was like, oh, I'm not going to get everything done I need to do today because I was holding myself of this crazy standard of I didn't get everything done and I'd stay up late and try to finish it. And it's no, no, no. The to-do list is just never ending. There's not like a time where it's going to be complete. And I let go of that and I was like, oh, oh, I can breathe now. That's (laughs) it. That's it, though. I love it. And it's amazing, though, like that feeling and accepting one, It's always going to be stuff to do. There's never not stuff to do. If you have visions, goals, there's always something else you can work on or do. And don't use that as an excuse. To not do anything. I'm exactly because I'm too busy now or, oh, wait, when things slow down. Sorry, I just got to call you on your bullshit right now. They don't. With with love. They don't. They will (laughs) not unless you make time for it. And I don't like to say, I mean, sometimes I'll say I'm busy, but I don't mean it in the way that like, oh, I'm busy and I don't have control. Like I am busy intentionally doing the things that I want to do, which also includes rest. And again, that's, <laughs> it's again, coming back to the stories we tell ourselves about what we're doing, but it, it is just so important not to use that as an excuse to not do the work, to not make time for things. And coming back to the point at the beginning where I said, I realized I was the one doing it, right? My coach wasn't magically changing my life. She was helping me change my life. I help my clients change their life, but I can't do the work for Mm -hmm. them. Anyone that I meet with, I can guide them. I can give them all of these tools. I can give you who's listening all of these tools. But if you don't do anything with it, it doesn't matter. Doesn't mean anything. you You have to do something with that and you have to make the time. No one is gonna come and save you. No one's going to do that for you. You have to decide. I love that message. It's the personal responsibility piece. And, and this is something that we talked about. And I think it's a great segue into in our conversation from a couple of weeks ago is the things that we control versus the things that we don't control. Lo, I do that exercise that you mentioned a lot because I have insane things, ideas, all the kinds of stuff flowing through my mind all the time. And I can tell when I don't dump them and then organize them. And I do the same thing. Sometimes it's things I'm worried about. There's action items that fall out of there too. I put them in my system. And then I'm also mindful of emotional things. Maybe it means I need to take more time to journal or get into kind of inner bonding process. But without that, because you could have one action item in your head that needs to get done bouncing around a thousand times. So it feels like you have a thousand things to do when really you have one. But it's interlaced with the emotions and life and responsibility. So it feels like a lot more, but putting it on paper tames the beast in a way, doesn't it? It gets it out of the scary monster in the closet concept and puts it on paper. And you're like, it's a paper dragon now. It's nothing actually. 
I love yeah. that. I love that example and exercise because don't underestimate the value of what you just shared, Lo, because it, it is real. And the moment of relief when you get it all out and you're like, okay, I can breathe. I'm going to enjoy the weekend now because rest is so crucial too. Hustle culture is so toxic and being intentional about rest matters a lot. I love that you brought that up a couple of times because it's not as silly as it may seem. It's not something we're taught. We're, we're almost led to feel guilty if we do rest and nurture ourselves. And it's the same thing. We have to nurture ourselves if we want to produce and create and build. We all need sleep. We all need good food. We need exercise. We need to do nothing. The best thing, I, one of the things that's changed my life low too, is literally doing nothing. I'll lay on the floor, yes. lay in my bed, no music, sometimes music, but I'm not watching a show. I'm not reading a book. I'm literally just laying there. And that practice can be incredibly healing. Just being with yourself, feel your own vibe, man. Get into your own energy, get into yourself. There's a lot yeah. of gold in there and that's yeah. okay. Give yourself downtime, giving yourself permission to do that. And there's a beautiful quote. I don't know who this is by, but it's something like, don't think about have I worked enough to deserve rest? The question should be, have I rested enough to do the meaningful work I need to do? Right. We'll have to look it up and we can put it in yeah. the note. But Ashley's that... going to love that. My wife's going to love that quote because she is such a grinder. She has to remind herself constantly to take a break, go eat some lunch, take a rest, do my routine, my face routine. And it's just what you said, though. When we take time to nurture, you now all of a sudden have all this energy and power to produce and create. But if you don't, what ends up happening? You end up burning out, you're run ragged, you're angry, you're not producing at a high level now. I, I love no. that you said that. We do have to find that quote. We got to find that quote. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I have it saved somewhere and we'll credit the author, the incredible author yes. who came up with that. Whoever you were. Um, but yeah, it is so important to give ourselves that downtime. That means not being on your phone, not... I don't think there's anything wrong with watching a show or a movie or something at night, but also making sure you do have some quiet time. Like just go sitting outside, go sit outside, look at the trees or go on a walk in, again, in a place where you can like actually put your foot on the soil, right? You don't have to take your shoe off if you don't, if you're in a public place, right? But walking on a trail somewhere, if you're, this is also a, a tip that I learned whatever city you're in, I know I'm like right in the middle of the city. So I can see trees and stuff, but it's not like there's no dirt paths near me. And just search nature preserve. And most cities have these little nature preserves just tucked away. I found one that I can drive to in 10, 15 minutes, which is amazing. And I'll just go there and do a quick, maybe I'm saying quick, but I don't, I'm not rushing through it. Maybe 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how much time I have. I'll do that on a Tuesday morning, for example, or like it's on a random morning. It's giving yourself that downtime. And I'm sometimes I'll listen to music or sometimes I'll just go like no tech. Just depends on my mood because I do think music is super powerful for uplifting us. And yeah, um, and, it, and it's a tool. Right. But it's intentional. And so just give yourself that time to 
reset without technology, without feeling like you have to be talking to someone while you're doing it, getting comfortable being alone, processing, not lonely, right? Because that's like a whole nother thing. And the Surgeon General just came out a report, came out with a report about loneliness and how it's like this other epidemic that's happening to us. Um, which is interesting because there was one that came out by the British government pre-pandemic showing how bad it was then. And it's even worse now, which is uh, super sad. But we, that's, we that's talked also, a little bit about some of that, too, in our initial conversation around social media yeah. usage, the isolation component that all ties together, doesn't it? It all feeds into. Yes. But to your point, though, that it's there is a difference between being alone with yourself and loneliness. Yes. But And what you were saying is taking the time to be alone, to unplug, because what we don't realize is even though we enjoy because I'm with you. I mean, my wife and I watch shows and movies. We enjoy them. We love film and entertainment. It's great. Like you can learn a lot. There's a beautiful thing about that. But you're not un, when you're not doing that, you're not unplugging. You're still stimulated by external things and you're not resting in that space. And that's it may seem like you're laying on the couch watching a movie. Oh, I'm resting. Well, you may physically be resting. You're not mentally resting. And we need mental rest more than anything because we're yeah. all overstimulated. Social media is insane. We talk some, there's just a lot of this technical, technological society we live in. It's hard to unplug. And what you're describing is the way that we can go about doing it. It can't, that. hold on. I have to reframe. It can be hard to unplug. Ah, see, look at that. See, it's like, it's, yeah. But no, thank you for that, by the way. Yeah, it's noticing yeah. that because it can be hard to unplug, but mm -hmm. it's really because not. Because of the default, if you just go with the default, just like if we we're talking about at the beginning, if you just go by the default of society, where the paths are going, where society has evolved and will push you to, none of it's healthy. And if anyone's heard of Gabor Mate, I think I sent him to you, you after did. our first, first chat, but he just came out with a book talking about the myth of normalcy and how our society is set up in a way that does not, it leads to poor health and addiction and all of these things, like mental things that we're seeing because of the way society has been set up. And it, it's not anyone's fault, right? It's, it's just how things have evolved. And there's maybe some malicious intent somewhere, but a lot of things were good intention and then they're bad intention. And we just, we're learning, we're evolving as a society too, right? Technology is a great tool. It's allowing us to do this podcast right now, right? And trans, not only record it, but also transmute it to people who are all over the world. Like that is awesome, yep. right? Technology is awesome. And you have to create boundaries with it. Doing things like I take at least a 24-hour break off social media every single week. And then sometimes, like right now, that turned into a full week. Nice. You're probably feeling uh, but good, every, too. Oh, yeah, totally. But every quarter, I try to do a full week off. It's just such a good way to reset and create a better, healthier balance with it. I know we went on a lot of tangents there. So is there something we need to circle back? <laughs> well, no. And I think I think because it's a good, I think this is a nice kind of segue out to the end of the show. And I'm definitely going to have you on low because we, we, there's, we wanted, there were things that we didn't get to today that we're touching on right now, like dealing with the rising levels of anxiety, the social media usage, porn addictions, the work that uh, the myth of normalcy Gabor Mate has done like all those things we, th like that literally we could talk an hour around those things alone 
because I just know, and I, because I mentioned that to you in our prior conversation, just my addiction to porn really changed my life getting away from that. But all this stuff is it affects us mentally, our biology and our physicality. We don't realize yet social media, all these things are designed to be addictive. Mm-hmm. And if we're not careful, they will consume our lives. But at the same time, they allow us to share incredible messages and grow businesses and build empires in ways that were never possible. It's all about, like you said, setting boundaries, being intentional and being clear about what our goals are and always being coming back to caring for ourselves, being compassionate and nurturing, resting, being mindful of unplugging. Because that's, we are the source, we are the power, the gold, and it's not out there. All those things are tools for us to use and share and create with, but they're yeah, not who well, we are. I want to just come back to what you just said. We are the source. We are the source. And are like, you have to filter. Your diet isn't just what you eat. You have to filter all of the noise and all of the things coming into your life because your energy source comes from within not externally. That's beautiful that you said that. I just wanted to like. <laughs> no, I, let's, I, the whole concept of the show is that we, this source comes from within us. And the only way I know that is I've experienced it. And that's why I do this stuff because I just, it, it lives in all of us. I see us all as one spiritual family low. So I really appreciate you saying that because there's so much glory and goodness in everyone, everyone. And We talked about this, and I think this is a great way to segue out of the show, and I'd love to hear just some uh, ways people can get in touch with you. But I do think that without all this, like we, we get grounded in who we are, we can heal, we can move forward, but it's just tiny bits at a time. We're connecting here together. We're moving. These tools allow us to create and share, but all of us have this glory, this gold. We're one spiritual family. And if each of us came into the best versions of ourselves, if we became the full version of what we see, the world would change. We wouldn't have to go out and evangelize the world. You don't have to go and save anything. We become the answer when we tap into what lives within us. I just appreciate you saying that because that's what it's about. And I'm so glad we're closing with this because we were talking about this and, and we've discovered that this thought, which is that you change the world by changing yourself, You'd share that with me. And then I was like, dude, that's in my vision mission statement on my website. And you were like, I forgot what? about that piece. Yes. That's- you literally screenshot it. Yeah. Right. That's. Yeah. And, and that's what I truly believe. If And Mother Teresa has a great quote about that, too. If you want to go change the world, go home and love your family. If you start to take care of yourself and start doing this inner work, right? If you're doing it right, you don't have time to judge anyone else in what they're doing. So anyone that is writing on mean things on Twitter or YouTube or wherever else, you got to turn the reflection within, right? And I'm not saying I'm a saint because I'm not by any means, but that is something that I've really worked on of I can't say anything. Like I still am struggling with many things, right? And so trying not to be judgmental of others, trying to stay in more of a space of curiosity and love and just knowing everyone is doing the best they can at the time with the tools they have. And that's something I had to apply to myself. That's something that I had to, because I was very judgmental to myself for a very long time of like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. Right. So I had to 
really learn and reframe that story into I was doing the best I could at the time because I know that right now I'm doing the best I can right now with all the tools and information and resources that I have. And I know that, I, you know, it's hard because when you look back on a past version of yourself, you're like, yeah, but I should have known. First of all, if you should on yourself, just stop shooting on yourself. That's a, your clue right there that you're being judgmental and that you didn't have the information, right? Because it's easy to look back in the past and be like, well, this or that. But you don't know what you know now, even if it was one day ago or a week ago or 10 years ago, you don't know what you know now. So that's super important. And and again, just coming back to this belief that if we actually all did that work, the, we would be able, like the world would become a better place. Like if I think about the person I was in college where I was so hurt and I was angry, right? I was angry about stuff and I was lashing out at people for no reason. Well, not for no reason. It was internal, right? But not because of something they did. So I was like creating this, I was creating conflict in, in my own life, mm. right? And I think about now what a different person I am and how I can positively impact people, right? In just a, just even small ways, right? Like I'm not saying that I've had this massive impact or anything, but just think about that for yourself, right? Think about where you are and where you have been and where you could be. And then we expand this out to our community. And if everyone starts doing this, the world looks a lot different to me. That's it. Ah, well said, Lo. Well said. Because the reality is, all of us have tons of shit that we could work on and, and clean up and, and heal in, in our own lives. And that's why at the end of the day, just focus on that. That's, there's enough for all of us to do in our own lives. That's the point is there's plenty yeah. of us to do here in our own lives. Well, and having kindness and compassion for yourself and others, ah. right? Knowing, knowing that, yeah, maybe someone made a mistake and maybe they were doing it intentionally. Maybe they weren't chances are they're doing the best they can, right? They're doing the best they can right, right now. It might not look it, like it to you either. I think we need to remember that. Everyone comes from different backgrounds, has different experiences, has had different traumas. And just because you can't see something on the surface, you don't know what that person has been through. If you would have looked at me, even if you look at me now, like you wouldn't have known all of this stuff that I shared and even more than that that I went through and, and some of the negative thoughts or like you you shared, like I've said some really bad thoughts before, whether about me or, or the world in, in general. But in my thoughts, especially towards myself, were so harmful. And, and I know so many people have struggled with that stuff. So it's just remembering like you don't know what other people are going through or, or have gone through right, to make them into the person they are today. So just remember, remember that as well. I do have one more thing I want to share, a tool. Do we have time for Yeah, do it, do it. There's a total segue because I know we're starting to wrap up, but I've been teaching this workshop more and it's called The Power of Three. And it's essentially the basis of my inner glow method, which is these three things, mindset, wellness, and relationships. And if you take three actions towards these three things a day, right? It's easy. Three actions towards these three things. You will start to see changes in your life happen quicker and easier. And there's so many things you could do for mindset, right? It could be meditation. It could be practicing gratitude. It could be repeating affirmations. It could be visualizing. It could be celebrating your wins. There's a lot of things you could do for mindset, for wellness, 
the food you eat, making sure you're getting good sleep, walking, right? Exercising is great, but also walking is really great. If everyone could just walk more, that would be awesome. <laughs> Super underrated. So underrated. Um, sunshine, getting sunshine in your face. I try to journal out on the deck every morning and just get the sun on me. Spending time in nature, like we talked about before, time management, setting yourself up for success, time management wise. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> and then relationships. Try to get one hug a day. Mm. I know that seems like a weird thing. There's another quote, and I can't remember who this is by, but it's like we need four hugs for survival a day, eight hugs for maintenance, and 12 for growth. I don't know if that's accurate. I, I think it. that someone just said that, but I thought that was great. But try to get one hug a day. And if there's no one around you, hug yourself. That's just as powerful and meaningful. Try to have one connection point a day where you are reaching out, like going out of your way to reach out or tell one person, I'm grateful for you because of X, Y, or Z. I really appreciate you because of X, Y, or Z. Or great job at something because of X, Y, or Like try to be specific. Don't just say, hey, I'm so grateful for you. Try to give the reason. And then try to have, I'll give you one more thing for relationships. If you can have like quality time in a meaningful conversation at least once a week. Again, this could be with, I need quality time and meaningful connection with my boyfriend at least once a week. <laughs> but that's like our minimum, mm -hmm. you know, but it's also important for the people you work with and for family or friends, right? And maybe you can't talk to every single friend once a week consistently, right? Because that could potentially be a lot of people. But just try to give yourself some of these metrics of, okay, if I do this one touch point a day, and if I can at least have one meaningful conversation once a week, the, these things that the relationships, the wellness, the mindset, if we do three by three every day, it can massively improve your ability to perform. It's going to improve your overall happiness and fulfillment levels. You're going to see just a lot of positive benefits and side effects from doing those things. Hopefully it doesn't seem like too much. Like I, I broke it down and you can do this in 10 to 15 minutes a day. It's really not a lot. And if you don't have 10 or 15 minutes a day to work on yourself, you're not trying hard enough Ooh, and nothing is going to change. It. You got to make that time low. That's fantastic. Well, look, I think you, that to me is a phenomenal parting message. Your three of three, kind of three by three method. I'm sure in your, your inner glow method, I think you called it. We'll yeah. definitely link to that in the show notes, which is fantastic. So for the audience, y'all got two little parting ways, one early in the show and then a, a closer here at the end of it, which I really appreciate. That's fantastic. We'll make sure to link to that, though, so the listeners can check it out and learn more about your work. That, though, what would be a way that people could get in touch with you, learn more about your work, et cetera? Yes. My website is the easiest way because that has all the other connection points. So it's lowmyrick, L-O-M-Y-R-I-C-K dot com. Very easy. My name. And I'm also on Instagram and LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. Those are the main four channels that I'm on. But connect with me. Sometimes I do take breaks from social, so I'll respond, I promise. But I am there. Or you could submit if you want to submit a contact form on my website. That's definitely a good way to reach out if you have questions. Awesome. Well, Lo, this has been awesome. We are, I'm definitely gonna have to have you back on because we, there, I have notes here that we did not get through and we're gonna have, yeah, this, this is great. So I really appreciate your time. This has been fantastic. I hope the audience enjoyed our discussion as well. A lot of 
powerful nuggets. I think it's important to recognize there's a lot of high-level concepts that Lo and I discuss in today's show, but it's all grounded in practical action that you can take. And as she said, setting aside 10 to 15 minutes a day as a minimum to just nurture yourself, take care of yourself, it will pay off in ways you can't imagine if you do that consistently. So Lo, thank you so much for your wisdom, your messages, your awesome vibes. And for the audience, appreciate y'all's time. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.